This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. God bless you. You may be seated. Welcome to Relevant Life Church. Wow, we've already had church today. Amen? Welcome online. It's good to not see your faces, I guess. I was going to say it's good to see your faces, but that's a little bit weird. Uh, But I'm in your house right now, uh, and I'm not a stranger, I promise. Well, I'm kind of strange, but I'm not a stranger. I'm glad to have you guys here today. Welcome. Last week was one of those uh, pivoting moments, was it not? Uh, How how many, can I ask, were without power? Uh, don't, I'm not going to ask if you weren't without power because we're probably going to stone you if you weren't without power. No, we rejoice with you that you didn't. Uh, there are still some that are without power, but there are some that just received power last night, and it's still going to happen, right? And we say amen, amen. How many will commit today? You know, I think so often we can go, well, no, I didn't suffer from it. I didn't lose power, so ah, that's their problem, not mine. I want to ask you, would you pray for people today? Can I tell you that people came in today, they've dealt with real problems this week. Maybe you didn't deal with the same problem as them, but you had problems. They dealt with real life problems of no water and no heat and struggling with all those things. Would you pray for your brothers and sisters? I want to even ask a favor of you. Would you check on one another when we talk about connecting with God and relating to people? Relating to people just doesn't happen on Sundays, okay? It's called relationship. It's called one anothering. It's called, can I check on someone and go, how can I lean into your life? How can I help you? I know that there are many that have a lot of downed trees, and if you're wanting to bless someone, find out who has downed trees and be the do-gooders that are out there and help them move their trees. Would you do so? We love one another. Good announcements, right? So let's do that, and in the process of doing so, maybe do it for someone that you don't know. Let's, let's connect with our, let's relate to people, but let's also reach our world, amen? Have you checked on your neighbors? These are good announcements, Pastor Kevin. This is a good sermon, Pastor Kevin, right? It's about caring. It's about caring, really. Don't just get absorbed in your world today. Let's look at others. I want to give you two real quick announcements before I jump into my message. One, uh, as I already prayed for Phil and Robin Malcolm, uh, if you're on Facebook or social media, you've seen, uh, we've been in we're good friends with that with them. They are in a battle. They're in a war zone right now, and they don't want to fight alone. How many like to fight alone? We're going to fight with them, right? And uh, that that big C word, cancer, has been declared over his body, and he has. The doctor is saying that he's in stage four cancer in his lungs. Uh, we need a miracle. Amen? We need a miracle, and we're praying for a miracle. God uses doctors for miracles, but also we want to ask for an op- we want to give you an opportunity not just to pray. A prayer is really, really powerful, but we want to give you an opportunity to step in in a very practical, practical way. Uh, all of their belongings are in Togo, Africa, hundreds and hundreds of miles away, and they have relocated into Springfield, Missouri, and they are trying to set up home and for however long that's going to be through this tre- treatment. And uh, they're, they're not too prideful to ask, but they're not a people to beg. And they are in desperate need for assistance. And if you are here today and you want to bless somebody, you want to pu- be God's hand extended, we want to give you an opportunity to give to Phil and Robin Malcolm. That'll be on our text to give. I believe it's going to be Malcolm's. Um, is it Malcolm's? I'm not sure. Allie's not here exactly, but uh, whatever that, 84321, um, somehow 
somehow label it. I don't know how that's going to, how it all plays out, but if you want to give online, put Malcolm's in there, uh, or if you just want to put missions, somehow, some way, we will know that that's what that is. Uh, we, I would love to be able to bless them. I would love to be able to turn around on Tuesday when power comes on at South. How many of you are going to pray for power at South? Come on, we don't have power over there still. We're going to pray that we'll be able to turn around and get a check out as soon as possible into their pockets to buy the things that they have need of. Amen? You know, they, everything's there in Togo, and they've had to move here. So they're having to deal with vehicles. They're having to deal with gas. They're having to deal with furnishings. They're having to deal with just semblance of belongings that you and I take for granted every single day. So this is an opportunity for us to step in practically. Yes, pray, but let's step in financially. Amen? So, this is, so please do that today. Also, one more area of asking for, for money, Speed the Light Challenge. How many are, that was supposed to happen last week because of power out, we didn't do it. How many are curious about where we're at financially for that? Did anybody care? You got some of you. We're at $2,300, right? So Trent and I are a sure thing. I mean, we're going to get egged today. But, you know, if anybody, and, and I gave yesterday because I'm part of that that wants my wife to get egged. All right? We need 700 more dollars for Rhonda to get egged tonight. Okay? So, so I need you to get online today and give towards Speed the Light so that we, not only do we raise $3,000 for missions, amen, but Rhonda's going to get egged, and that's all going to be videotaped. And uh, I mean, I think in reality, Trent and I could just step out and we could egg Rhonda. So anyway, we, we need you to step in and participate. Thank you for those that have already given. But again, we're so close. Everybody say so close. $700 to see Rhonda be egged. And next week, you're going to see the video in all of its glory. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to have a good time. Stepping back into Anchored series, it's been several weeks uh, since I've been in the pulpit, and I'm excited and ready to step in and ready to go today. Uh, Pastor Trenton has preached two amazing messages on the process of how do we prepare for storms? You know, we've, this, the, the uh, theme that we've had is storms are inevitable. And we all need an anchor. How many of those storms are inevitable? We had a storm this last weekend, and we weren't, how many were prepared for the storm? You know, maybe you weren't prepared for the storm. Maybe it just happened. We realized, Ron and I realized that there was, we had some stuff, but we weren't prepared for the storm. When storms come, we look for anything that can bring us comfort, safety, security, and stability. And I can tell you when that storm hits, you're looking for food, water, and heat, right? The necessities. What is it that brings, you know, I'm not talking about the flashy extra things. We lost cell phone service, and we, sometimes that brings comfort. Does a cell phone bring comfort to you? You know, getting, getting outside sources of information. So we've looked at how do we respond to storms. We realize that God is in control of storms and that you and I are prisoners of this hope that we have. In the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about uh, how do we prepare or prevent future storms? The storm that you and I experienced this last weekend, there was no way to prevent it. It was an act of God, right? It was destruction. It was one of those things that came down and hit us that we have no control over the weather system. But you and I have control whether we prepared or not. As Ron and I have realized where we prepared and where we hadn't prepared, what we need to plan for, not that we're preppers, but that we need to step in and go, no, it's wise to have more batteries on hand than what's in your flashlight. It's wise to have more flashlights than two. It's wise to have water just in case you have to flush the toilet. Thank God we didn't lose water. 
There's things that you have to step in and go, are we able to survive? And that's what this message is all about. That's what this series has been, to realize that storms are inevitable. Storms will come, but preparation is optional. And it's your choice. Are we practically going to be prepared for the next storm that hits us? The next catastrophe on this planet that hits us? We've looked at several major areas, first finances, uh, then technology, and today we're going to talk about the soul. Everybody say the soul. The title of my message is Soul Power. Soul Power. Everybody go, Soul Power. Now I'm not talking about our brothers and sisters that sing gospel and that sing soul. If I was like James Bond, I'd do the wow thing that he does. And I can't even do it justice. Anybody know who James, I'm dating myself, James Brown. I mean, talking about a soul man, right? Uh, we don't want to talk about his soul power because some of his soul power is a little bit perverse if you go back and listen to some of his words. Uh, but, but wow, soul power. But no, I'm talking about the soul power that either we receive soul power from our bodies or we receive soul power from our spirits. And today, each one of us have been impacted in one way or one shape or form this last week in our souls. Yes, our bodies may have encountered something. Hopefully your spirit has been connected to Jesus, but our soul where we have our mind, our will, and our emotions have been impacted. And we can either be attached to our bodies with our souls or we can be attached to our spirits with our souls. And we're going to be talking about that today. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19, the core passage of scripture that we've looked at is that we have this certain hope. Everyone say hope. It's like a strong, unbreakable anchor. A strong, unbreakable anchor. It's made out of the right substance. It's made out of something that's sure and guaranteed. It's a strong and an unbreakable anchor that's holding our souls. Everybody say, holding my soul. It's holding our souls, holding my soul to itself. We're not just talking about something that's unstable. We're not talking about something that's temporal. We're talking about something that's eternal, that's, that's life-giving, that if we have the right anchor, if we're anchored in the right way with our soul, it's connected to God himself. Jesus himself says this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He says, come to me. Everybody say, come. You came today purposefully. You came intentionally. You had to get in your car. You had to start the car. You had to put your foot on the gas. We'll take it out of park first and put your foot on the gas and back up and whatever it is that you had to do to get here. But you had to intentionally come online. You've had to intentionally log in and come to church today. And Jesus says, come to me. He's an, it's an invitation, but we have a response. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. How many would say that this last week, honestly, by a sign of hands, would say that you've been a little bit weary this week? You've been a little bit burdened this week. Maybe it's been with yourself or with someone else. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and all who are burdened, and you will find rest for your bodies. You will find rest in all circumstances. No, it says you will find rest for your souls. Your soul is very, very important. Can I tell you today that your soul is so important to God that he speaks to the aspect of your soul? And if your soul is important to God, should it not be important to you? 
Think about it today. Many times we overlook and we go, no, my body. No, spiritually I want to be connected to God. But where are we at in our souls? Jesus speaks to this aspect that the soul was not, the soul was not made for an easy life, but the soul was made for an easy yoke. When we talk about being yoked to Jesus, that my yoke is, means that there's someone that's carrying the burden alongside you. Jesus carrying the most of the weight, not you. When we talk about this aspect that Jesus says, I promise to give you rest for your soul, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Saying, I'm going to carry you through this. There's a kind of fatigue that attacks our soul. There's a kind of uh, uh, a weariness that comes in our soulish nature that impacts your emotions, that impacts your mind, that impacts your will. Just like in our physically, we f- feel physical fatigue. You work too hard. You don't sleep well enough at night. You uh, get up too early in the morning, whatever it might be, and you feel fatigued. Maybe today you've come and you feel Fatigue in your body because you've had a lot of cares and worries on your life. Can I tell you there's also a mental fatigue that comes where you're with too much information. Can I tell you that I've gotten purposefully off of social media? I'm tired of the barrage. I don't watch the news because I'm tired of the mental fatigue that it brings. So much information. Maybe today you're worried of i got to respond to this email. What am I going to do? And the stuff that just comes on mentally and impacts you. There's also a fatigue that comes to our will that we have to constantly make choices. And eventually we just get weary and go, if it feels good, do it. When we begin to realize in these categories and areas of our life, it's what we call soul fatigue. And we realize that something is drained out of us, this life that God intended for us to have. One of the challenges of soul fatigue is that it does not have the same obvious signs as physical fatigue. Our souls were made to run on empty, but the soul doesn't come with a gauge. Can I tell you that many times we don't realize that we're out of soul power until the power is gone? Some symptoms, I want you to kind of keep count on your fingers if you would. This is a test today. Symptoms of lack of soul power. You feel irritated and frustrated more than normal. You feel blue or slightly depressed for any unknown reason. You feel a bit apathetic. You feel trapped in problems. You're not sleeping well at night. Maybe you just want to be left alone. You don't want people to get in your space. Maybe you're watching more and more TV or you're gaming endlessly or you're attached to your electronic device. Maybe you're unable to relax and enjoy life and you anticipate you still don't enjoy vacation. Maybe you feel no hope or rest or relief for help. How many today will answered yes to a couple of those? Can I tell you that those are, not body, those are not body issues, those are not spirit issues, those are soul issues. Those are areas that reveal that we have soul fatigue. And so today when we talk about a storm, we, we, we just came through this ice storm and there was a place of soul in my life. Mentally, emotionally, I was tired. 
I was concerned. I was consumed with the details, not just of my life, but the life of hundreds of people in my congregation. But you know, the thing that's so positive about this is that we often seek restoration for our souls and the things that actually tear down our souls. We try to retreat to those things like food. Anybody like food when your soul's a little bit weary? TV, media, friendships, relationships, getting anything out of priority. Can I tell you, they can't not restore your soul. David comes in Psalms 23, he says, the Lord is my shepherd, and it goes further. he restores my soul. Can I tell you today that many of us go to the body to restore our souls when David's declaring we need to go to the spirit to restore our souls. We need to go to the source himself to restore our souls. Not these things that, they may not be bad in and of themselves, but we try to fill our lives with something that is not good. In 2016, I had a circumstance in my life that I want to call was a crash that took place. It left me swirling in my life. I did not know what was going on. I didn't understand it. I felt healthy. I felt healthy. I was in the highlight of ministry. I was doing everything that I had dreamed about doing. But in February of that year, I had to fire a staff member because of character issues in In March, we stepped in to launch this campus. Things and circumstances just began to swirl and explode. And then the the, the straw that broke the camel's back was my dad died. And I had so many unresolved issues that I began to step back and go, what is going on? God, I love you. Why am I swirling? God, I I love you. Why am I not sleeping? God, I love you. Why am I? effects in my body. And I realized that there's this serious connection between the body, the soul, and the spirit. Oftentimes, you and I want to put them in a box and we want to say, well, no, this is, this is my body and this is my soul, this is my spirit. Can I tell you that each one plays upon one another? That if your body is not healthy, it's going to impact your soul and your spirit. If your spirit's not healthy, it's going to impact your soul and your body. If your soul's not healthy, it's going to impact your body and your spirit. There's this tri-dimensional person inside of you that God designed you in the likeness of him. In this triune relationship that we have, that he has with, his, with the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there's this Trinity dimension within you, your body, soul, and your spirit. He created you that way. You're unique. And we can see in the diagram here that... We See how this plays out. The body is the substance on the outside. The body, if you want to uh, think about it, is where the organs are, where, you're, where everything makes, where there's flesh. If you pinch yourself today, you're going to feel it. Everybody pinch yourself really hard. At least you're going to wake yourself up. How many fell for that? Hey, good for you. Thanks, Nathan. Good participation. But in our body, in our body, we... Is it on? Hello, test. There we are. In our body, we have this, it's where we have our, our five senses. How many are thankful for ten, your senses? The, the touch, the taste, the smell, the hear, and the see. Can I tell you, you lose any of those, you feel that, do you not? Does that not impact you? You know, I mean, some of you that have had COVID and you lost the, the taste part, I think that's probably, you know, you want something that tastes good. You don't want just bland, right? 
We talk about, uh, Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, he, in 1 and 2, he says, Therefore I urge you, we know this, it says, uh, by view of God's mercy, present your bodies, everyone say the body, present your bodies to, as a living sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. And do not be conformed to the pattern of this mind, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The housing of your mind is your soul. So here Paul is talking about this tri-dimensional being as he looks at this, the soul. Our soul is what gives us our personality. It's through our soul that we live out our relationship with God, our relationship with other people. It's that mind, that will and emotions. Oftentimes in Scripture, it's tied interchangeably with the word or the term heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart with all diligence. From out of it flows the springs of life. Proverbs, you could also say this, guard your soul with all diligence, for out of it flows the springs of life. Guard your heart, your mind, and your, your will. How well you flourish outwardly is tied to how well you flourish inwardly in your soul. Then we have the spirit, the Greek word is pneuma, life, breath. And our spirit was designed to point us towards God. Can I tell you today that we as human, human beings, we have, we're the created being that has a spirit? And today, people that are without God in their lives have a deflated spirit. Have you ever experienced a deflated balloon? Or a balloon that's for its purpose has been blown up to see the fullness of what its purpose is. Can I tell you today that when our spirit is disjointed from God, when our spirit is not in connected with God in relationship with God, it's a deflated spirit. It's like a balloon without fulfilling its purpose. So we talk about these aspects of our spirit, our soul, and our body. Galatians chapter 5 says this, those who belong to Christ Jesus, they have crucified the flesh. Everybody say crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us walk in step with the Spirit. Can I tell you today, my challenge to you is that you would step into a new mindset of how you live your life, that you would allow the gauges of the Holy Spirit to begin to rise. And some of you are sitting here going, you know, Pastor Kevin, I've heard this. I've learned this. I know this. But I want to come back and I want to go, if you've learned this and you know this, why is your soul deflated? If you've learned this and you know this, why are you walking through life defeated emotionally, mentally, and in your will? Can I tell you today, it's a reminder, even for my own life, that I have to step in and go, no, where am I being impacted and how do I step into not to prevent the storm, but how do I prepare for the storm? When you think with your body, you think with your senses. Anybody sense-oriented? I think every day we think with our bodies. What we, what we taste and see and feel, it tastes good, so I'm going to eat another cookie and another cookie and another cookie and another cookie and even some more cookies. Anybody else out there? Rather than having one scoop of ice cream, I'm just going to eat the entire carton of ice cream. I see some amens out there. We think with our bodies. We think with our soul, we think with our emotions, our reasoning, and our will. Let me ask you honestly this week, how many thought with your emotions? How many thought with your reasoning, I'm going to reason this out? I'm going to figure this out? Can I tell you, none of those are wrong. God gave us our senses and God gave us our emotions. God gave us our, our reasoning ability. 
And then there's this last one that we think with our spirit. We think by the information of God's word and God's presence in our life. What a beautiful name it is. There is no equal. There is no rival. Can I tell you, that's a spirit settling to go, no, regardless of what happens, there's nothing equal to God. There is nothing more powerful than God. Paul said in Ephesians 4, verse 23, he says, Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your soul. The house of your mind is your soul. All these verses of Scripture, they point back to this this medium area that goes, it's either going to be body-oriented or it's going to be spirit-oriented. Be renewed by the spirit of your mind, by the spirit of your soul that houses those things. You say, Pastor Kevin, this sounds so much like psychology. Can I tell you that when we think of the word soul, we get the word suke, which actually originates where we get our original word called psyche or psychology? Yes, there is psychology to this, but more than psychology, more than a counselor that's coming, we have the great counselor. Amen? We have someone that is bigger than just psychology. We have someone that comes to the reality and speaks not just to the body, not just to the spirit, but to the very soul of our humanity. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says this, Now may the God of peace, everybody say God of peace. Did you think about the God of peace this last week, or were you so caught up in your turmoil that you forgot that he's a God of peace? The God of peace. May the God of peace, may he sanctify you entirely. That, uh, there's another word there, that may he preserve you entirely. How many want to be preserved? When I think of preserved, I think of something that, that has been prepared to last. May he prepare you to last entirely, and may your spirit, may your soul, and may your body be preserved complete. Paul under the power of the Holy Spirit, is not talking about psychology. He's talking about the tridimensional being that you are, that God designed you, spirit, soul, and body. We are spirit. We have a soul, and we live in a body. John writes in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health. How many wants to be in health? I got three of you. How many want to be in health? That you prosper. You want to be, you want to, how many want to prosper? Live long and prosper, right? What is that? Is that Star Trek? Yeah, I can't even do it. There we go. Everyone do it with me. There you go. How many, how many are handicapped like me? I'm the only one, I guess. Jesus loves me, so I don't have to prosper that way. Just because I don't have the fingers that function like everyone else does. My brain doesn't connect. Something, I don't know. Hey. Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Just as your soul prospers. Can I tell you today, your soul is important to God. Your soul should be important to you. So much of our soul impacts so many areas of our life. 
Paul, John is writing here, and he's writing to his friend Gaius, and he's going basically, hey, I pray. My prayer for you is that you're going to prosper. Your health is going to prosper just as your soul is prospering. And I can tell that your soul is prospering. If you read the remainder of those verses there, I'm not going to take time. I can tell that your soul is prospering because you're faithful to God, and you're doing the works that God asks you to do. That's prosperity. Can I tell you today that we can look at our lives and go, am I prospering in my soul? If I'm prospering in my soul, I'm not just worrying about survival in my body. I'm prospering in faithfulness to God and faithfulness to his word. And I'm serving and I'm living out and I'm telling God to tell people about God. Can I tell you that your soul determines those avenues? When your body and soul are not anchored to the spirit, we fulfill the lust of the flesh. We allow our flesh to dictate our daily decisions, and eventually it'll dictate the direction of our lives. How many have allowed the flesh to rule your life? Think about it. Think about the things that you desire. Think about the things that you entertain your life with, those fleshly things. Can I tell you that most of the time, they're not bad things. They've just become out of control, and you've based too much focus on the fleshly things. Our daily challenge is to get our body and our soul in agreement with our spirit. And our spirit has to flow through the soul to get to the body. You want your body to be ran and functioned by the spirit of God? It's got to flow through your soul first. You want your your body to be subjected to Christ? You want to offer your body as a living sacrifice that's holy and pleasing to God? You've got to connect to the power of the spirit to allow your life to be transformed. Today I want to give you three things real quickly of how to renew renew your soul. How do we anchor our soul to the Spirit of God? How do we anchor our lives in this sense? Number one, to renew your soul, you must anchor your mind to Jesus, not your circumstances. You must anchor your mind to Jesus, not the circumstances. The Bible tells us, and I'm not going to run through all the verses, but several places throughout Scripture it talks about, and I have the mind of Christ. Can I tell you, if you're struggling in your mind, you need to go look up every single one of those verses, and you need to begin to quote those. You need to put them in your, front of your Bible and say, I have the mind of Christ. I put on the mind of Christ. Everyone say Amen. Can I tell you, if your thoughts are being impacted, today anchor your mind to Jesus and the truth of his word, not your circumstance. The mind is what and how we think. Maybe today you are a person that deals with circumstances and situations by being a thinker and an analyzer. How many thinkers and analyzers do I have here? Can I tell you that God gave you the ability to think and analyze? We need strategic thinkers. Yay for you. I'm a thinker and an analyzer, and sometimes I allow my thoughts to go way too deep, and I think way too long on things. Anybody guilty of thinking too much? Analyzing too much? Can I tell you today, the Bible tells us that how we anchor to prepare for the storm, to endure the storm, is we've got to anchor our minds to the truth of Jesus Christ, not the circumstances and our analyzing ability for what's going on around us. Margaret Thatcher says this, Watch your thoughts, for they become your words. Watch your words, for they become your actions. Watch your actions, for they become your habits. Watch your habits, for they become your character. And watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. What we think we become. When you look at your life, are you happy with what you've become? 
When I look at Kevin, there's things I don't like that I am, and I've allowed myself to think myself into that action and ability. Today, if you are a thinker and an analyzer, today, if you're not a thinker and an analyzer and you struggle with your thoughts in any way, shape, or form, today, you just need to anchor your thoughts to Jesus. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, the center of your being. As he thinks in his soul, so is he. Right thinking produces right living, but just as the same way as right thinking produces right living, wrong thinking produces wrong living. You don't like where you're living. You're thinking the wrong things. Pastor Kevin, this is psychology. No, this is the Word of God. This is the Word of God that comes and says, no, we don't need to worry about the psychology aspect. Let's come back and align ourselves with the truth of God's Word. Our day-to-day thinking will have an impact on our emotions, our feelings, and our emotions and our feelings will have a major impact on our behaviors. You don't like how you're behaving? Start with your thinking. Paul tells us how to do this. Can I tell you that this is a battle? Everybody say it's a battle. You know, whoever wrote the song, Love is a Battlefield, Paul's coming and saying, your mind is a battlefield. Right? Can I tell you that the enemy doesn't need to, the enemy has no power over you. Do you realize that today? Say, the enemy has no power over me. If you're a follower of Christ Jesus, the enemy has no power and authority over your life. The only weapon he has is the fiery darts to impact your thinking. The fiery darts that impact your behavior and impact your decision-making, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And Paul comes and he says, you want to fight this battle? You've got to do work. You've got to go to, you've got to, go to war. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he says, For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Can I tell you today that probably some of you here, many of you here, many online have allowed strongholds to be established in your thinking. They've shaped your life. And today we have to come back and go, am I going to allow the stronghold to stand or am I going to pull down that stronghold? Am I going to pull it down and I'm, going to, I'm not going to allow it to be a, 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 a stronghold in my life any longer? It says, casting down every argument, argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And this is where the work is. Day in and day out, moment by moment, day after day, hour after hour, going on year after year after year. It says, bringing every thought, everyone say every thought. Every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. See, that's good preaching, Pastor Kevin. That's good preaching, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Can I tell you today, that's where the battle is. The mind is the battleground. You're suffering in your soul. You're suffering in your body. You're suffering in your spirit. It begins in the mind. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, Paul writes Timothy and says, this is what your mind is. God has not given you a spirit of fear. You're suffering from fear today. That's not from God. That's from the enemy. You're feeling with timidity. That's not from God. That's from the enemy. You're feeling with cowardice. That's not from God. That's from the enemy. You're feeling craven and cringing and fawning fear. That's not from God. That's the enemy. Those are the fiery darts that you've allowed to plant into your mind. He says, but God, he's given us what? A spirit of power. Everyone say power. 
soul power. God's given us a spirit of power and of love and a calm and a well-balanced mind. Wow. Everybody say, wow. Type online, wow. A calm and a well-balanced mind. How many want a calm and a well-balanced mind? Can I tell you today, it's yours for the taking. It's yours for the taking, but you've got to do the war. You've got to do the battle. You've got to stand against the enemy. Number two, renew your soul. Anchor your will to obeying God, not your flesh. Ooh, this one's hard. Anchor your will to obeying God, not your flesh. Can I tell you that probably most of us in this room, me included, have entertained our will so long that we just, it's difficult to say no to our will. Right? It's just common. It's acceptable. Our will is what we choose to do and how we choose to live. Me at 57 years old, I've allowed things and I've chose to do things that have shaped my life. That if I want to get over, if I want to overcome areas in my life, it's going to take willpower. If we study everything in the Bible, we're going to see that God is a God of divine sovereignty, but we also are humans of complete free will. You say, how does that work? God's completely in control of everything. But can I tell you that you're in control of your choices? God didn't make you robots. God didn't force you to accept him. God says, no, here's a choice. I sent my son to die for you, and I love you. Will you choose me? Will you accept me? Will you choose to obey me? Will you choose to live my, your life in accordance to me? Will you be, make me the Lord of your life? Isaiah chapter five, 55. How do we do this? Isaiah chapter 55 says this. He says, God speaking, he says, For my thoughts, they're not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. Can I tell you, when we look at humanity versus God, when we look at how we deal with things versus God, we're in desperate need not for our body senses, but we're in desperate need for our discernment senses in the spirit. Because God comes and says, My thoughts, they're not at all like your thoughts. Your ways, they're not at all like my ways. They're in contradiction. They're actually in a war. The Bible says that the spirit is fighting the flesh. He goes on, he says, but my ways, they are so much higher than your ways, and my thoughts are so much higher than your thoughts. Can I tell you this? As much as you and I try to reason with God and reason with his word, it'll never happen. In our culture today that says question authority, in our culture today that says it's my right, can I tell you, when it comes in accordance with God, we have to just come to a place of resolve to say, I am going to agree with God. I may not understand it. I may not agree with it. I may not like it. But God, out of my will, out of my choosing, I'm going to agree with you because you're right and I'm wrong. Amen? Can I tell you today, in our world, in our culture, we're trying to go, well, no, that's right for you. It's not right for me. If we believe the word of God is true, then the word of God is true. If we believe the author of the word of God is true, then the word of God in its entirety is true. And you and I have a choice to align ourselves with the word of God or to align ourselves with falseness. We must choose in our will to accept the truth of God's word. Even Jesus, the son of God, had to learn to submit to ultimate authority. Think about it. 
The Bible says that Jesus learned obedience by the things that he suffered. In, in Mark chapter 14, it says, and he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. He's basically saying, God, it's possible that you would deliver me from this death. God, you're all powerful. God, you're all sovereign. You're the one with all power and all supremacy. And God, you can come and you can pull me and snap me out of this. Jesus himself had the authority to call the angels to come down and to snatch him out of that circumstance. But Jesus comes because he realized the sovereignty of God, and he realized the purpose of God. And he says, God, I don't want to do away with your purpose, and I don't want to mess up your plan, so I'm going to choose not my will, but your will be done. Let me ask you today, how many have messed up God's plans before? Hello? We need to anchor our minds to Jesus, not circumstances. We need to anchor our will to the obedience to God and not to our desires. Lastly, we need to anchor our emotions to truth and not feeling. Emotions, what we feel. Anybody think with their emotions? Anybody feelers out there? Can I tell you I'm a feeler? I feel things deeply. My wife tells me, Kevin, it's what makes you good at what you do. But can I tell you, it's what makes me bad at what I do. Why? Because I allow my feelings, I can be moved with compassion and I can care. But sometimes in my feelings, I can carry a burden that's not my burden to carry. In my emotions, I can allow them to cause me to swirl and to wonder and to care too much about what people might think rather than what God thinks. Emotions, happy, sad, fear, discouragement, concern, anxiety, anger, frustration, compassion. I could go on with a list of emotions. Anybody feel emotions this last week? You know, the first emotion that I got when the power went off on Friday night at our house was like, ha, ah, this is fun. No, it didn't last long. I woke up Saturday morning with ice on every branch and my trees sagging to the ground. No power. Realizing that there's no cell service, God forbid. How do you survive without cell service? No internet. Wow. No TV. What am I going to do to relax on this snow day that we have? My emotions went from happy to, ah, What's happened to everyone else? What are we going to do tomorrow? How do we have service? Do we have service? Do we have power at the campuses? Our emotions are an amazing gift from God. Can I tell you that? Say my emotions are an amazing gift from God. Some of you here today, this isn't part of my sermon, but some of you here today need to start feeling some emotions. Some of you today you need know, to desensitize some of your emotions, Kevin included. Because they're a blessing from God. God himself feels emotion. How we deal with those emotions is where things can go wrong. Negative emotions are usually a gauge that there's something wrong in your life. Recognizing those emotions early so that you don't swirl and you don't climb a tree and you don't lie to, try to leap off a cliff because your emotions are, ah, Deal with your emotions. But can I tell you today, those people that over are emotional, 
are just as bad as those that bury their emotions. To go, I'm not going to feel them. I'm not going to deal with them. Do your emotions ever rise up and wage assault on your circumstance and on your reasoning? Today, we have to ask this question. We've got to align our emotions with God. I love it when I start the day in joy. Anybody love it when they start the day in joy? But in honesty, I don't wake every morning with joy. Some mornings I wake with joy, and within an hour, my joy is gone. Anybody up and down like me? Equally, I can wake up frustrated, and within an hour after reading God's Word, I can have some joy. I'm an emotional being. But you know what I found comfort in is this. I'm grateful for the Word of God that is so transparent. I'm so grateful for David because David is moody. David is emotional. David is up and down. Hello? David speaks to me. Maybe David drives you up the wall. Maybe I drive you up the wall. I don't know. Sometimes I drive myself up the wall. But David in Psalm 31, he's definitely in a mood. It starts in verse 9. He says, be merciful to me, O Lord God, for I am in distress. I'm speaking. Have you ever felt distress? Sometimes people say, oh, I feel distress. I'm going, no, I'm in distress. I feel it big. I'm in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, meaning he's cried and he's cried and he's wept before God. My soul and my body are filled with grief. My life is consumed with anguish. My years are groaning. My strength fails me. My bones are weak. My enemies are all around me. How many have realized that when you're in the middle of emotion, you think that everyone's against you? Your enemies are bigger than you think that, than they really are. My neighbors are in contempt of me. They have, I find uh, I'm an object of dread to my closest friends. They see me and they flee on the street. Can I tell you that when we're emotionally not balanced, we don't reason right. David comes and he's speaking this all on. He goes, God, I'm just like broken pottery. I'm broken. Can I tell you that many of us are speaking to ourselves words that are not healthy. We're walking through life going, I'm just broken pottery and I have no value. And we need to go back and go, God, what do you say about me? I love the song by uh, Lauren Daigle that says, I am who you say I am. Can I tell you, we've got to step back and go and go, God, who do you say that I am? Not what my emotions are. David is clear. He paints a picture that's pretty sad. You can feel his tension, can you not? Maybe you feel it because you are a feeler like this. David never once pretended that he didn't have problems. He didn't ignore the fact that he was suffering. He didn't slap a smile on his face and go, I'm going to church and I'm just going to love Jesus and I'm in pain inside. He's going, no, my life sucks and I'm going to let everybody know my life sucks. I'm letting God know my life sucks right now. But you know the thing that shifted is that David began to align his soul with his spirit. He began to align his emotions with his spirit. And he says, but God, I trust you. You are my God. My times are in your hands. God, deliver me. God, let your face shine upon your servant. Let me not be put to shame. Lord, I have cried out to you. How abundant are the good things that you stored up for those who fear you. Can I tell you, that's where you and I have to settle if you're an emotional person. To go, God, how abundant 
abundant are your things for my life. Verse 20, it says, In the shelter of your presence you hide them. You keep them safe in your dwelling. What's amazing is in verse 21 through 24, we see the resolve that David comes to. Here he's in the gloom and despair and agony of life, the distress and the victimization. He focuses his mind and it begins to align his mind with the Spirit of God, his emotions with the Spirit of God. And we see in verse 21, it says, Praise be the Lord God, for he showed me the wonders of his love. When I was in a city under siege and my alarm, I said, I am cut off from your sight, but yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called for help. I love the Lord, all his faithful people. The Lord preserves those who are true to him. Everyone say preserves. Isn't that the prayer that Paul has attached at the beginning in 1 Thessalonians? Paul says that that your body, your soul, and your spirit would be preserved. He says, be strong and take heart all you hope in the Lord. I've gone long and I'm going to conclude. How do we do this? It's called practice. Everyone say practice. Come on, practice. Can I tell you, this is not an instant thing. This is not a one-time battle. This isn't engaging in a battle. This is going, I want to prosper. I want my soul to prosper. I want to be preserved in my body, my soul, and my spirit. I want my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions to glorify God. I'm tired of the emotional roller coaster. I'm tired of succumbing to things that I know that God does not want me to succumb to. I'm tired of allowing my emotions to run my life. I'm tired of allowing my mind to determine my behaviors and my actions. Practice, practice, practice. Don't allow your body or your soul to rule you. But they need to be transformed and ruled by the power of the Spirit. I've talked a lot about the soul today because it's the seat of what impacts our lives so much. But can I tell you that we've got to be connected to the Spirit of God today If you're here today and you're struggling with stress and anxiety, you're struggling with depression, people, I understand I've been there myself. This message is for you. Today, if you're struggling with following your flesh and choosing willfully to sin, this message is for you. Today, if you're thinking the wrong things about yourself and you're thinking the wrong things about life, this message is for you. Today, all of you online and here, this message is for you. Romans chapter 8 says this. The mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind, the soul, the seeding of your mind is the soul. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. How many want life and peace? Stand to your feet this morning. Online, would you type, I want life and peace? Lift your hands and say, I want life and peace. Come on, let's just tell them, God, I want life and peace. God, I want my soul to prosper. I want my body to prosper. I want my spirit to prosper. God, today we come. We come. God, we don't focus on our bodies and the senses. God, we don't just focus on our souls and the emotions. God, we come and attach our spirit to you, complete reliance on the spirit of God. God, only you can bring soul prosperity. Only you can bring body prosperity. I want to sing this song, I Need You More. 
God, be my heart's obsession. Let's do it today. Come on. Be my heart's obsession. First and only my life. Yes, make it your prayer. of our lives today, the confession of our mouth. Would you just pray that out right now? God, I need you more. Come on, God, I need you more. Make it your cry today. God, we need you today. We need more of you in our lives. Spirit of the living God, breathe afresh upon us. Breathe life into us today. God, where we might struggle in our body, where we might struggle in our soul, where we might struggle in our spirit today, God, we need you more. God, whether we struggle with our mind, how we think and what we think. God, whether we struggle in our will and walking in obedience and compliance with you. God, whether we struggle in our emotions. God, today you understand all of those things. Jesus, Jesus the God-man and Jesus the God-God who endured all things. God, you don't look down upon us in judgment. You look down upon us in compassion. God, you understand our frame. Today, people, God understands you. Someone needs to hear that. God understands you. But God has hope for difference in the future. He is the anchor for your soul that's connected to God himself. God, today, we purposely connect our souls to you our mind, our will, and our emotions. God, we connect them to the spirit that they will rule our lives. And God, we thank you for it today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to draw your attention to the last slide of application. I don't have time to walk through it and break it down, but if you're online or you're here, make sure you get a picture of that. Go download it so you can see that. I encourage you, walk through the application in your life. Walk through the application in your life. Thanks for coming today. We encourage you to get on and register for next Sunday. Uh, we're excited about what God's doing. We're excited for a little more of the Anchored series. Amen? How many got something today? Hello, amen? Good. God bless you. Have an amazing afternoon. We will see you soon. Next week, see you on small groups, connect groups on Wednesday. God bless. Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God, relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.